0: This is Jaime I welcome you all to you are the seed 44 attachments I'm going to read about three paragraphs something that I wrote and then I'm going to read from a a website the goal to let go of attachments it doesn't mean that you don't care what are you attached to is it still serving a purpose I feel it's so hard to let go of the items a loved one has left behind when one passes why do we need to hold on to the object? It is but a material of matter. What matters most is the memory that comes from the mind, the body, and the soul. Why literally have an object weigh you down? Who does it pass on to next to weigh down? When is it time to lighten the weight? The object is to let go so the mind can see the things that we were taught also need to be let go. To have the attitude of allowing the mind to see everything that you thought was, is not. To allow the heart to be pulled to the surface. Reverse the thinking and let the heart lead the way. Remember, the heart has its own brain. This heart brain is composed of approximately 40,000 neurons that are like neurons in the brain, meaning that the heart has its own nervous system. Trust the heart To send the signal of love to the mind. The two will communicate with each other. They will both speak to the body. Remember, two minds are better than one. And when they become one, they become unstoppable. The body will eventually be on board. The three will speak to the ego. And the ego will merge. The four become one. Consciousness is what you become. Aware of your actions. Past, present, and what you need to change for your future to become on your path of destiny, the one that was intended long ago. So I'm going to read, uh, it's from a Hindu website, it's called Understanding Your Attachments. The concept of non-attachment or detachment is common to Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. Echoes of similar concept can be found in other major religions of the world. Non-attachment means not to become enslaved to anything and live like a lotus leaf in the waters of life without being touched by it or polluted by it. It is living free from the encumbrances of life and the attractions and distractions it has to offer, not passively by running away from them, but actively by developing equanimity and self-awareness. Attachment means holding on to things dearly as if you cannot live without them, or as if your very happiness and existence depend upon them. These are the mental bonds you develop with things and objects you believe are important for you and your happiness. They are the invisible strings that tie you to the external world and its myriad attractions through your sense organs, your you attach, your attachments are part of your consciousness. They bind you to the sensory world and limit your vision, knowledge, and awareness. They determine your actions, reactions, and inactions, your joys and sorrows, and your successes and failures. When you attach to things, they take control of your life, your body, mind, and senses, and define your life, personality, and destiny. They also limit your freedom and awareness. Our suffering comes from our attachments. According to the Bhagavad Gita, contact with sense objects results in attachment. From attachment arises desires, and from desires come anger. Anger leads to delusion. Delusion causes confusion of memories, and it ultimately leads to loss of discrimination. When we do not have right discrimination, we lose the ability to choose wisely which results in the consequences of karma that bind us to this world and to the cycle of births and deaths. Influenced by our attachments and desires, we come under the influence of our sense organs and distract ourselves from the real purpose of life by seeking and accumulating things. We live and act as if our lives depend upon fulfilling our desires and building defenses against pain and suffering. We desperately strive to secure our lives against the vagaries of life through our possessions and relationships. This thinking and attitude becomes so ingrained in our consciousness that we begin to accumulate things even when we do not actually need them. A situation most religions recognize as a serious problem responsible for our suffering and our bondage to the cycle of births and deaths. The Buddhist Perspective Buddhism acknowledges attachment as the root cause of our suffering. Our attachments results in our cravings. Our cravings lead to suffering as we fail repeatedly in our attempts to cling to objects of sensual pleasure and avoid their opposite. The very uncertainty of life does not guarantee that we can always remain happy, enjoying the pleasant and, and, and avoiding the unpleasant somehow for many its opposite is what turns out to be true so from a buddhist point of view attachment is essentially a problem of wanting and not wanting or seeking and choosing it is about preferences and choices and desires and dreams since life does not always happen as expected we suffer perpetually from the fear of the unknown the unpleasant and the uncertain bogged by the weight of the past and the anxieties of the future we fail to experience the beauty and serenity of the present moment and flow with the f- flow of life the bhagavad gita is a treatise on overcoming attachments the bhagavad gita identifies attachment as a root cause of our deluded behavior it explains how the triple gunas qualities of nature namely sattva or purity rajas or vitality and tamas or inertia influence the nature of our attachments according to the scripture our religious knowledge by itself does not guarantee freedom from desires what liberates us is freedom from desire and attachment when sattva purity is predominant people are attached to virtue when rajas Vitality is predominant they are attached to action and when tamas darkness is predominant they are attached to inaction or inertia so in truth we are we all are attached to something or the other irrespective of our virtues inner disposition and social status we experience equanimity only when we practice true detachment and cultivate divine virtues neither the sense objects nor our actions, are by themselves cause our karma. What precipitates our karma, says the scripture, is our attachment to the sense objects and our desire for the fruit of our actions. Therefore, we should perform our duties as a sacrificial offering to God, without the sense of ownership, self-interest, or attachment, and without seeking the fruit of our actions. Desireless actions performed with detachment, devotion, and self-surrender are the key to our transcendental experience and eventual liberation. Our attachments come in different shapes and sizes. Identifying our attachments is the first step towards an unfettered life of peace and stability. With some practice, we can become aware of our dominant attachments and in the process learn how to deal with them and become free from them, The following list enumerates some well-known attachments common to us. Physical attachments. Attachment to one's body, color, shape, physical fitness, health, sexual desire. Also included in this category are attachment to all material things such as money, house, place, land, nature, clothes, food, people, pets, possessions, luxury, etc. Mental attachments. Attachment to particular emotions, one's identity, family name, family status, family background, caste, race, nation, gender, language, color, relationships, social status, power, prestige, fame, habits, hobbies, daily routine, rules, procedures, religion, scriptures, virtue, morality, opinions, judgments, beliefs, prejudices etc. Spiritual attachments, attachment to one's guru, religious leader, beliefs, God, gods and goddesses, saints, religious tradition, methods of worship, spiritual practices, places of worship, scriptures, ideals, virtue, morality, spiritual life, afterlife, knowledge, symbols, etc., It is important to remember that from a scriptural perspective, there are no good and bad attachments. All attachments are binding, creating karma, and stand in the way of our liberation. In the early stages of our spiritual journey, we may be advised to focus on some of them, but eventually we have to cut through all our, deta- all our attachments. Our attachments shape our lives individually and collectively, Our attachments are behind all our motivated behavior, learned behavior, habits, fears, thoughts, decisions, preferences, choices, accumulations, international behavior and structured relationships. Our attachments are responsible for the actions we do in order to gain something, own something, not to lose something, survive, succeed, Avoid failure, overcome fear, perpetuate our identities, prevail against nature, dominate others, or yield to them. Some of our attachments are also collective in the sense that whole groups and nations have selective preferences for things and identities that stem from their collective consciousness and group identity. These Thus, each group, tribe, caste, nation, association, and community is attached to certain beliefs, traditions, likes and dislikes, preferences and prejudices that are part of their collective egos and collective attachments. Historically, these attachments have shaped our history and civilization both positively and negatively. They have also caused a great deal of human suffering through racial abuse, wars and aggression, gender differences, religious hatred, social and economic inequalities, ideological and political differences, environmental degradation, and destruction of life and valuable resources. Spiritually, all attachments are part of our delusion. Our attachments aim to perpetuate our individual and collective identities, egos, interests, and values. They are responsible for our craving and the compulsive need to accumulate in order to feel complete, fulfilled, and secure. When we are subject to attachments, we react differently to different situations. We suffer from conflicting emotions. We live with the fear of loss or the hope of gain. We become defensive or aggressive. We take positions, we change positions, we seek, we criticize, we admire, we appreciate, we castigate, we attack, we, we cherish, we hope, we become vulnerable, manipulative, selfish and self-centered. We hold on to things we believe are needed for our happiness and survival. They become our main driving and motivating force. We cannot work normally without them. They fill our lives with hopes and expectations, fears and anxieties. They fill our minds with conflicting emotions. They lead us. They guide us. They blur our vision. They take us to the heights of rapture or to the depths of depression and restlessness. That become so much part of our being that most of the time we do not even realize that these conflicting emotions are interfering with our lives. Our attachments prevent us from being who we are and what we can be. They do not let us experience reality without coloring our perceptions and understanding. They hold us back from flowing with life. We become limited and self-centered because of them. We stop being truthful, honest, and transparent. We wear masks and pretend what we are not. We seek relationships that serve our interest or promote our welfare we lose touch with reality. With the reality. We seek permanence by having things and accumulating them and pursue things that are inherently harmful and destructive. At the expense of our own good, we allow ourselves to be guided by our conditioning. Practice of non-attachment is the road to freedom. Attachment is therefore a fundamental problem, which can be resolved only by cultivating non-attachment, through the practice of various yogas or disciplines, to be free from attachments. We must be willing to let go of everything, renounce our attachment to things and embrace change without feeling threatened by it. We should practice equanimity by not seeking security in things and relationships that are by themselves, impermanent, undependable, and unpredictable. We have to become aware of our thoughts, actions, habits by practicing mindfulness. As the Buddha said, however strong may be our desire to hold on to things and make them part of our lives, all composite things to which we cling so dearly will eventually come to an end. We should therefore cultivate an awareness that is impervious to change and impermanence, that can survive the vicissitudes of life of without disrupting itself and experiencing peace and equanimity unconditionally. You can be free if you let it, if you let go. From non-attachment comes true freedom. But how can you arrive at the state of non-attachment? How can you set yourself free in a world and from a world that itself is a mesh, mesh of attachments and relationships? You can start the journey by becoming aware of your likes and dislikes and what you value most in your life. Find out what you criticize, whom you criticize, what you defend and whom you defend, what you oppose, what you want to change, what you avoid, and what makes you happy or unhappy or fearful or contented or angry or hurtful. These are your reactions to different situations objects, and perceptions caused by your attachments. They are rooted in your past experiences and shaped by your attachments. Your attachments are responsible for your hopes and your aspirations, your opinions, judgments, memories, vulnerabilities, feelings, emotions, passions, beliefs, and anxieties. Become aware of them through mindfulness, detached observation, being a witness of yourself. Know what makes you happy or unhappy, what drives you crazy, what holds you back or forces you into desperation. These are the responses you have learned because of your attachments to objects, people, beliefs, and knowledge. A few simple suggestions to practice detachment. When you learn to respond differently or stoically, To whatever that seem to evoke a response in your habitually, you break the shackles of your past and set yourself free from the illusions of your own mind. There is nothing wrong in having things or enjoying them. What is wrong is your attachment with them and your preferences that prevent you from experiencing life as it comes with unconditional trust and freedom. It is not an easy process." But by becoming aware of them, truthfully, honestly, and mindfully, you are opening yourself to the possibility of life without limits. The following suggestions may help you in your efforts to overcome attachments. 1. Start with a few attachments and work on them. It may be a particular food item you like or dislike, a habit that has become part of your daily routine, or a relationship that you have trouble accepting. 2 let go of your attachment with money, participate in some voluntary work, make a donation, help a child in his or her education. Three, overcome your attachment with the body, take a cold bath, wear a simple dress, practice yoga and exercise. Four, deal with your preferences for food, eat the food you do not like, fast at least once in a week. Five, Practice detachment with the usual forms of recreation you are attached to, such as watching TV or movies. 6. Become aware of your actions arising from your need for recognition, power, and influence. Practice silence when you are urged by the compulsion to speak in a group or conversation. Listen to learn. Consider others' viewpoints and arguments with which you disagree. 7. Let go of your attachment with discipline and perfection. Forgive yourself and others for your faults and oversights. 8. Let go of your possessions. Remove the clutter from your life. Give away the things that you do not need and do not use. 9. Become aware of the motives behind your actions and words. Overcome the profit motive and the selfish motive. 10. Let go of your need to dominate and influence others. Detachment does not mean willful indifference. To be free from your attachments does not mean you have stopped being happy or responsive or turned yourself away from all the positive things in life. Non-attachment does not mean you should not have the zest for life or lose all your vitality. It only means you have to be unconditional in what you do, what you seek what you love, and what you experience. The life of Lord Krishna is a great example in this regard. He lived a complete and luxurious life, took sides, waged wars, indulged in mischief, and yet remained free from the fetters of life. The transcendental life that we seek as a solution to the impermanence of human life is eternally vibrant, and yet free from all the limitations to which we are subject. It does not forsake action, but attachment with action. It does not forsake enjoyment, but attachment with it. It does not forsake experience, but remains untouched by it. A detached life is a liberated life in which the boundaries of self, the notions of oneself and one's identity, dissolve, free from the demands of the self-centered or narcissistic ego, It is dynamic. It excludes nothing by choice or preference. Detached consciousness is alert, attentive, calm, and spontaneous. It responds to our calls for assistance with compassion and clarity of purpose. It offers us a chance to be what we truly are, to experience life without fear or the compulsion of choice. From non-attachment comes the true joy of living in the now and here, A detached person lives in the present, unburdened by the memories of his past or the uncertainty of his future. He does not look far ahead or plan things in advance meticulously to secure his life. He lives without fear. He is contented with what life offers to him and accepts life as it comes, without complaint, without judgment, and without striving. He is a traveler who is on a journey of self-discovery without any baggage and without any conditions and complete trust in the reality of the present moment. He has attained perfection because he has transformed himself from becoming to being. So, I enjoy speaking my own words of what I experienced through my awakening but I also like to read from other sites as well of their views because it helps me to understand the parallelism between awakenings into consciousness of how all things are connected as one, a unity. It has been going on since the beginning of time. We on earth need to break through the barrier and think beyond. It is not only global, it is also universal. I thank you for joining me. This is Jaime, out.